You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Welcome to A View from the Stands, a podcast series in which we discuss the new normal in the world of sports. I'm Aditya Ayer and with me is the national sports editor of HD, Rudranil Sengupta. And we're finally there. When the idea for it was first floated, a unified test cricket championship that is, we were all a whole lot younger. But in the middle of a pandemic and despite all the challenges that come with scheduling five-day matches in this time and age, it is finally happening. So for the first time in the game's 140-year history, cricket is going to have a test champion. Not an unofficial one like the West Indies in the 70s or the Australians of the 90s or even your yearly number ones on your test table. But an official, tangible champion with a trophy to show for it in either Virat Kohli's India or Kane Williamson's New Zealand. After they, of course, take on each other in the Aegis Bowl in Southampton starting June 18th. So thanks for joining us for the preview show for the first ever World Test Championship final. And I turn to my co-host Rudra for his thoughts on the match. Uh, Thank you, Aditya. I I don't think that uh, uh, there are more deserving teams than New Zealand and India um, for the first World Test Championship final. Simply because for me, they are the best test uh, teams out there right now. Um, and it's not always that in a tournament in the finals you get the two two clear bests um, of the game of, of the moment. Um, and but this is what we have right now. Um, right. And of course, uh, you know it, it's it's uh, when when the when the World Test Championship cycle started two years back, um, there was a different for me at least it was a different kind of excitement. Um, I, it was the same excitement that I get from say a World Cup. Yeah. Um, that here's a tournament, and you know I, I'm going to I have my favorites, and I'm going to track them. I want to see who reaches the final. All of that somewhere in the middle with the pandemic hitting us, the way it has um, that excitement kind of ebbed away from me a bit, and I, I stopped kind of following uh, what was happening. But having said that, uh, they you know I, I'm feeling quite excited about the final and and the fact that uh, it's India and New Zealand, um, two teams that I absolutely love watching right now. Uh, when they're playing test match, test matches. Yeah, that's good to know because, uh, you know, there's little doubting their skills and calibre as cricket teams. Uh, as we mentioned, you know, Virat Kohli and, and Kane Williamson at the very top of their games with not just their batting, but also their captaincy. It's just that I have some qualms on, you know, the format of this tournament, right? Like, I... They might be deserving in a very, uh, you know, emotional sense of having gotten there. Not India, because, you know, they, they topped on every single parameter. But what I'm talking about is there's got to be a little more uniformity and clarity on the format of the WTC. Just a quick reminder, it started immediately after the World Cup in 2019. In England, uh, it in fact started in England, um, as a lot of uh, you know new things in cricket do. It started during the Ashes. That was the first tournament under this this new WTC cycle. And ever since, you know, some teams have played a whole lot more. Some teams have played a whole lot less. For example, um, at the end of the cycle, had the finalists been decided on points, it would have been India and England who played uh, the forthcoming WTC final because 
you know they had the most points uh england incidentally played 21 matches uh which is the most and new zealand played the second least after bangladesh in 11 right um now to balance this out they obviously couldn't take them in on points so they came up with a new system called runs per wicket ratio or rpwr now had it been decided on this rudra the finalists would have been india and australia right uh, because australia had wow. the second highest rpwr rating after india uh which is basically just another way of saying that new zealand didn't have the second most of anything but they were very high on points percentage which they had to kind of come up with after australia pulled out of uh, the tour of south africa because you know they would have almost certainly have gone through had they won there um but they didn't and it seemed no, hold on when you say when you say they had to come up with you mean the icc uh but but did they come up with these things on the fly as in are these uh, adaptations to the situation or was it always the case that uh, the finalists could be decided on uh, this this percentage firstly yeah. what is this person this 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 is a good question right because okay first let me explain what points percentage is points percentage is very simple it's total points that you contested for right So, okay, so you contested okay. for 700 points and you won all 700 of them then your points yeah. percentage is 100% now right. this obviously favors a team that is playing lesser matches uh let's take a completely hypothetical scenario say afghanistan played two matches they weren't part of this cycle but say they played two matches right and mm-hmm. won both of them um they would be playing in this final alongside india which makes very little sense or it obviously favors this like see new zealand played just 11 matches so their points percentage they were very very high on it there was 70 something right now to answer right. your second question on whether icc was doing this on the fly seemingly so man because uh, there aren't too many things that uh, ravi shastri and uh, who's the coach of the indian team and the fans of the indian team uh, agree upon and see eye to eye upon but uh, you listen to any of his press conferences and you know he's as bewildered as the rest of us and he's the coach of the indian cricket team the one that's going to compete in this in the in the in this final and he's not sure on what category or uh, parameter like team started going through by the end of it like you know it was just all a bit bit uh, <laughs> up in the air like you said right so he was like you know one day it's on points another day yeah. it's on something else and third day it's on points percentage i don't know what they're going to come up with next right and i think shastri is absolutely right they to be fair shastri is bewildered quite often yeah <laughs> uh, you're rightly so i must say see the last time i saw him that bewildered was when he <laughs> uh stormed that mike dennis press conference to ask him why he had uh, suspended some six players from that south africa series in 2001 um and i right. i think that was the right thing to do also to ask for questions yes. but as usual when you and i talk rudra we end up digressing so let's get right back to it um having said all of that new zealand yeah man they're a fabulous team and they deserve to be there and i i know you have a whole lot more to say about that Right, I mean, and and starting with Kane Williamson, who of course uh, is nursing a bit of an injury right now and um, can't play the second test in the England uh, in the on you know, their England tour. Um, the the last match they will play just before they head on to the finals. But uh, Kane Williamson, over the last five or six years, um, ha- for me has been the 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 test batsman to watch, and and this is 
um, you know, I mean, and this is right. a field which has Virat Kohli and Steve Smith and and now even Marnus Labushane in it, um, yeah. all absolute giants of the game. Um, but even within that incredibly rarefied kind of atmosphere, um, I think Kane Williamson is is. I, I, I can't say that he stands out because he doesn't. In, in this situation, they're all the same. But he is a personal favorite. I love watching him play. I love the the fact that he's so comfortable with both pace and spin. Um, that he can, you know, so comfortably handle both bounce and swing and seam as well as go to Pakistan or, or play Pakistan in Abu Dhabi and handle the ball turning square. And you know, so he's got that thing about him. And of course, he's not coming into the final with uh, with a great form, great lot of form behind him, but um, but he he's a big match player and I think he's going to be fantastic just like he was in the 2019 World Cup and and I think the reason why I'm talking so much about him is because my heart really went out to him when he didn't win that World Cup um, in England, uh, which really he deserved to win and and the and the grace and good humor in which he took that loss was i thought was one of the most uh, amazing things that i've seen in sport actually yeah uh, your heart will possibly also be going out to him after he withdrew from the second test match against england at edgebaston um, you know so a quick uh, update for those who don't know like he uh, had a niggle on his left elbow it it wasn't really boding too well for him at the lords test you know the build up tests to the wtc final for new zealand uh, and he took some injections to try and make it better but obviously with uh, the wtc in mind um, he was rested from the second test the second ongoing test in edgebaston which is you know obviously like you know they've 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 planned this through but rudra your uh, your 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 thoughts hopefully recovers on time you know uh, the captain's miss is of course somebody else's opportunity a very young will young is playing in his place in edgebaston uh, he's not the first uh, you know very fresh face that we've seen uh, in the new zealand camp in this test series there was also devin conway rudra who you must be mightily uh, excited about going into the wtc final because of all his heroics in lords oh most certainly but just before that uh, you know if any listener here is uh, bothered by the fact that a dog was barking throughout uh, while i was speaking uh, please accept that uh, in our studio we allow dogs um, <laughs> if, if you've seen if you've seen if you've seen Pink Floyd um, at Pompeii, um, yeah. what's the name of that? What's the name of that <laughs> wonderful movie? The the album is Pink Floyd Live in Pompeii. But, Live in Pompeii, uh, and we have and we have a dog in that entire thing, right? Yeah, they do. But the but the very song, the very song that features the dog that reacts to the horn, to the harmonica. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is uh, the, the the song is called Seamus. Anyway, yeah. Seamus. Please, please carry on. Yeah. You and I digress, right. and we digress right, again. Right, right. No, no, but but that's the way it is, right? This is like Pink Floyd in Pompeii. <laughs> <laughs> so, Devon Conway. The reason why I'm so excited, of course, is because I love narratives and and storylines, and and Devon Conway is one of those, and, and sports has such a lot of them, and and he's uh, Devon is one of them because um, you know he really struggled um, in his most through most of his career um, as a cricketer in South Africa. Um, didn't really make it to the to the first class level, you know. In the tier two level of cricket in South Africa, he was he was quite well known, but he didn't really graduate from there. And then on the advice of his friends, 
um, a couple of friends uh, who had already moved to play their cricket in New Zealand. He made that shift. He went to New Zealand and started playing there in a club. And the next thing you know, he's 30 years old. He's making his debut at Lords. He's going past sort of Ganguly's record of the highest debut score on Lords. He's scoring a 200. It's incredible. What a story that is. And and I think that you know when things like that happen in people's lives, um, watch out because you know they they have found something. They found some a, a key that has unlocked something for them. Uh, just like you know, for example, it happened with Marnus. Um, when when he had to replace uh, Steve Smith, um, I think I think Conway is going to make a lot of runs, and that's uh, and maybe it will start. Uh, I mean, it's already started, and maybe yeah. it will continue with the World Test Championship. I mean, he looked so so good out there, right? But uh, I'm, let me tell you who I'm equally excited about. Uh, it was a man that Conway spent. A decent amount of time batting with, and I think he was the only guy who really overshadowed Conway in his 200 run uh, uh, knock in his first ever test innings at Lords. And it was number 11, Neil Wagner. Now, most people should be excited about him for his bowling and how he roughs the batsman up with his amazing penchant for the short ball. But uh, anyone who watched that little innings, that cameo that he played at number 11 while batting with a man who was batting on 185 at the other end of the uh, of the pitch will tell you just how uh, underrated he is as a lower order batsman. He is not a number 11, Rudra. In India, he would, okay, not in India because we have a lot of all-rounders, but in a slightly lesser cricketing nation than India, he would be a number six or a number seven. He absolutely flabbergasted anyone watching, including the commentators, when he hit this one shot. This is a number 11 batsman, again, just just so you remember, who went on his back foot to Stuart Broad with the moving ball and very casually lifted him over long off for a six, right? And it wasn't so much just the six. A lot of tailenders hit sixes. It was... His footwork, his body movement, his flourish, and especially that final flourish with the bat, the way it finished, a certain Brian Charles Dara would have been very, very proud. So, yeah, for that reason, please watch out for Neil Wagner and, of course, you know, for everything he does with the ball. But honestly, man, uh, I'm only half joking or maybe three-fourth joking here when I say that uh, his, his bowling comes second for me. After what I saw with the bat over there. Did you know that his middle name is actually Lara? He's Neil Lara Wagner. What? It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible, man. <laughs> yeah, I actually fell for it. But yeah, okay. So another guy who I'm the uh, just so that like I can move on to who we are both excited about in the Indian team going into the WTC. I'll quickly move from Wagner to uh, a man we haven't seen in very very long. Uh, one of the only big guys who didn't get picked during the IPL, uh, and I'm talking about Hanuma Vihari, of course. The last time we saw him was. Him saving that fabulous test match at uh, Sydney alongside uh, Ravi Chandra and Ashwin. Uh, you know, he got injured Goosebump, after that. Goosebumps. That's Goosebumps. right. That's... So, he, he's been playing in the counties, right? I mean, um, he's, he's been playing in England for quite some time now. And, and you've been tracking him. How, how has it been like for him? Yeah. So, uh, you know, when he didn't get an IPL contract, uh, he did get the clearance from BCCI to go and play some county cricket 
you know, obviously with an eye on uh, the WTC and the five-match test series that starts in England immediately after that, with with that in mind, of course. So he joined Warwickshire, which is, uh, you know, the Birmingham team. Uh, they play in Edgbaston. He hasn't been doing very well, actually. Uh, apart from two starts, he got a 50 and a 30 in one of the first-class games that he played there. But yeah, lots of single-digit scores, lots of ducks. Uh, his first ever innings there was like a long, long drawn duck. But all that is fine. He's basically gone there to get, you know, a hang of the English conditions, which he most certainly is doing. You don't need to be informed to get uh, a hang of it. And he's been playing all around England, which will certainly come in handy when um, he walks out at number five or six for India in Southampton. So, yeah, very, very excited about him. Excited to see what he does because, like like we established, the last time he played for India was in Sydney. And, man, we kind of owe him <laughs> that Test Series uh, win because, like, if not for Sydney, I think there would have been no Brisbane. I mean, we wouldn't have taken the confidence in and we certainly wouldn't have taken... Uh, a one-all series going in there into GABA. For sure. For sure. I, I, I agree with you over there. Um, and yeah, so and Hanuma was also a very, very active during the worst wave of the pandemic uh, that passed, that very recently passed through India. Um, right. He was one of the players uh, very actively on social media trying to arrange for uh, medicines and hospital beds and things like that. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I really like that guy. He's he's a he's a good player, and I and I hope he really comes good um, during the final. Uh, because you know, I I find that there may be, despite all the heroics, despite the fact that India has been the dominant Test uh, cricket side in the last uh, one year or so, despite the brilliant series wins in Australia, I still feel that there is a little bit of a question mark over the batting of the of the team, um, barring say. Uh, Virat Kohli, who's who's fantastic on any given day. I think uh, Pujara, uh, Rahane, the other mainstays of our batting, and even Hanuma, they have had a little bit of an up and down in their form. I'm a bit concerned about that. I mean, is that something that concerns you as well? Yeah, I mean, it should, right, form-wise. But see, like someone like Rohit Sharma, you saw how well he did on those wickets in that test series against England at home. Now, it's very easy to kind of uh, reduce those amazing knocks, the, especially that 160-plus at Chepok to the fact that he was playing in home conditions. But those were actually, you know, extremely difficult wickets to bat on, uh, as England will, all their batsmen will very happily vouch for from Rory Burns all the way down to uh, Dan Lawrence, right? And he was getting yeah. like runs... Uh, that were almost as much as the entire England team put together in like certain matches. When it comes to Ajinkya Rahane, you saw how quickly he stepped it up when there was no one else around uh, in Australia. Uh, first with the bat in, in, in Melbourne where he got that amazing rearguard 100. And then, of course, yeah. like with his captaincy. So, you know, I think he's one of those guys who... And this has been known about him for a very long time because, you know, right in the beginning of his test career, he had much bigger and more um, need-of-the-hour runs away from home than at home. And I think that's kind of the case with him again at this point of his career as well. Like, you know, he was fabulous in Melbourne, kind of petered out a little bit after that. But I think when you need 
a batsman to kind of like put his hand up. It's going to be Rahane once again, and I know a lot of people have had a problem with him be uh, with him in this playing eleven because you know we're really spoiled for choice. But um, I think that's a decision that he will kind of settle once the England series gets over, not just the World Test Championship. Yeah, for for sure. I mean, anyway, any which way, uh, at least for for right now, for the World Test Championship final and the England series, I think the batting is. Uh, I mean, you know exactly who's going to be there. You know yeah. that uh, Rahane, Pujara, Vihari, Kohli, um, Kohli, of course, is the captain as well. And, and Rohit Sharma are, are obvious choices on, on that team list. Um, what is less obvious maybe is that there's a couple of places up for grabs, I think. And, and that makes it very exciting because uh, talking about the Australia series and, the, and, the, and England's demolition at home in India... Um, one thing we saw that we have such a huge depth of talent. We have so many people who can just, you know, come out, make their debut and run through like some of the best test squads in the world. Uh, and I'm talking about somebody like Mohammad Siraj, who who I think is the most sensational find for us in, in this last one year of tests. Um, you know, talking more. about Yeah, and I'm talking about Akshar Patel uh, or Washington Sundar or even Shardul Thakur. And all of these people, uh, so in, in, so we have a you know this wonderful problem of plenty, uh, and especially when you have a one-off match like the World Test Championship final, uh, how how do you select an, a playing eleven from fifteen players who all seem to be firing on the at the same level? Um, I think it's it's going to be a happy headache uh, kind of a situation, but it's going to be a headache nonetheless. And on the first, again, uh, uh, the the main meat of our bowling is settled. So we've got Jasprit Bumrah, Mohammad Shami, Ishan Sharma. If they're all fit, they're obviously playing. Who who do you think makes up the two other spots? The fourth bowler and uh, a, a fifth uh, place over there. Uh, bowling all rounder, maybe uh, maybe somebody like Ashwin or it's between Ashwin yeah. and Sundar, and uh, Jadeja, and you know who would you pick in that place? I mean, they are all incredible. Yeah, these are these are fantastic questions, Rudra, and these are all also fantastically difficult questions to answer because you know a lot of people in the Indian think tank perhaps don't know the answers going into the test match, right? Yeah. They, they possibly you know get their clues during net sessions leading up to the test, and uh, mm. like you so rightly said, it's because of the the vastness of this this talent pool. That I think decisions are taken in the last minute because everyone is so goddamn good, right? And they all want to be out there. Now, I think you really hit the nail on the head when you brought up the question of balance, because that's exactly what Washington Sundar was lending to the team in India by batting at six, scoring those 80s and those 90s. Now, will he even have a place? Uh, I mean, I know he's he's in the squad, but will he will he even be in the reckoning? To play in that pivotal all-rounders position in England, I, I, okay, you know, further down the the England series, certainly maybe because you know a lot of injuries yeah. tend to crop up by that time, but not for the World oh, sure. Test Championship final is my my thinking, but I could be completely wrong, right? I mean, we're not in the dressing room. Again, who do you pick then, right? Like because Akshar Patel has done so well, he can bat, and of course he can you know bowl like a dream. Um, who do you drop? Who, do you drop Ravindra Jadeja? Do you drop uh, Ravi Chandra Ashwin? Like who? And that fourth and, bowler. And it, 
that fourth bowler like if it's not mohammad siraj then you know yeah. it, it's a bit of a shame right because we all know how much you love him i'm sure the listeners do too but uh, along with those other names that you took out there in bumra ishant and um, shami it's most certainly got to be siraj in those conditions imagine how exciting a prospect that is but maybe he won't play maybe he will who knows right at this point yeah 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 if the the uh, surface of southampton has uh, nothing to offer to spinners and and new zealand is not unlike england or south africa not particularly uh, awful against uh, spin bowling so i mean because kane williamson is brilliant against it so it's not going to be one of those decisions that yeah this is a this is an opponent team that does not handle spin too well so let's play two spinners um so i think it is going to be four four fast bowlers which means that mohammad siraj so. comes in Oh, what what a fantastic, fantastic prospect that's going to be to watch Siraj, Shami, uh, Bumrah, and Sharma ball together. I mean, it's a dream for me. And and just when you were talking about you know Jadeja and Ashwin, and and it just felt to me how sacrilegious it even sounds yeah. to talk about things like let's drop Jadeja or let's drop Ashwin. <laughs> This is the situation where we find ourselves in. Um, that we are talking about the, some of the most incredible players you can. you can think of right now and and we'll have to talk about deciding who to pick between them um, you know not a problem that we will have with uh, of course rishab pant uh, the one player that who, <laughs> we, who we have not who we have assiduously uh, avoided talking about because we don't talk about rishab pant yeah uh, to a new listener let me explain why before you think it's uh, something scandalous it's not um uh, we we haven't had a falling out with pant or any such it's pretty much the exact opposite every time uh, rudra and i have a, a conversation or a preview show on the indian team uh, we end up going to pant pretty early and then end up talking about him for the rest of the show and it leaves absolutely no place for forget any other wicket keeper that never happens like it doesn't leave any place for any batsman bowlers whatever so Uh, as you've noticed we hardly ever talk about wicket keepers here but maybe a quick one rudra a very 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 yeah. quick take before we wrap up on yeah. um, rishabh pant i mean obviously no space for riddhi there uh, riddhiman sahad there but uh, yeah your take on pant his form because he was quite fabulous in the ipl as well uh, he was a new leader there um, uh, is he already your man of the match for the world test championship final I I don't know if he's man of the match but I think he's going to be pivotal for sure mm. I think he's got that same thing that I was talking about about uh, Devon Conway and uh, Marnus Labushan is that this this uh, this a point comes when something really clicks and I think that it's more of a mental thing than than a skills thing um you know it, it's if I had to explain it and I I don't think that it's 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 something that is easy to explain but i think that you know people people work uh, their entire lives towards acquiring certain skills and, yeah. and being somebody and um, and so they have those things stored inside them right but something else has to click in the mind to be for them to allow for all this learning to come out in a very effortless way um and i think that is the big challenge for anybody in any doing anything at a, at a very high level um and i think that you know for rishabh pant that that the the key has turned in the lock once in that respect and he's kind of figured out how to be himself um and you know let just just trust the fact that he has the skills and 
and that he will do something you know big when he steps out um, and i think that's very very ominous for any for any opposition um, so yeah i think he's going to have a very big role to play uh, in the final hopefully so and hopefully kane williamson also returns because we want to see a contest out there key in the lock is exactly where we're going in this episode as well to call it a wrap to call it a lock and also we're not going anywhere because we rudra and i will be back next week to discuss uh, who won the french open i mean the odds on uh, bet here uh, is obviously rafa nadal but there's also novak djokovic stefano tsitsipas and alexander zverev still left in the draw as we're recording this so yeah do join us for that and uh, have a great test match this was an episode of a view from the stands do like and follow us on at hd smartcast on facebook instagram and twitter or write to us on podcasts at hindustantimes.com you can listen to more podcasts by logging on to hdsmartcast.com this was a hindustan times production brought to you by hd smartcast hd smartcast